Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, I want to welcome you to Prepare 2018. For many of you a part of the Milestone family, you know how powerful these few days always are in the life of our church and how much impact happens in our individual lives every single year. But I know that there's a lot of you that are new to the Milestone family, so we're excited about you jumping in for the first time into this spiritual journey that we're about to take together for the next few days. I wanna welcome those watching online, welcome our McKinney campus who's streaming with us as well. Would you guys put your hands together and welcome all of those that are joining us as well. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, end of the book. It's really the benediction that I'm gonna show you this verse, Hebrews 13, 20 which is gonna be a theme verse and contains our theme word for the year. And I'm really excited about sharing this with you as we kick off our spiritual journey for the next few days. As you're finding your passage though, I wanna celebrate some things. I'm very excited, we asked you to bring your friends uh, to the Christmas season and that God would touch them and you brought them. Um, we had the largest number of people gather for Christmas Eve services, and it's not about just the large numbers, it's about there were so many individual lives changed for eternity, and so I wanna say thank you as your pastor for caring about people and loving people and the way you greeted people over the Christmas season, and I know Jesus touched the lives of so many, and because there's so many of you that have recently come maybe through the Christmas season or you've committed your life to Christ, I believe our theme for this year and even the theme of this message is perfectly tailored for you in what God has for you next. I'm also excited to announce something that many of you have been praying for, and that is by God's provision in his hand, um, I'm excited that in the month of December, we closed on our grocery store behind Taco Casa. So we sold our old building, which is really significant because now that gives us the opportunity to step in as a church family to the new season and the new steps that God has for us. You may have noticed as you came on the property to the north that there's a little construction going on and I wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity because we're paying cash for 114 new parking places. All right, so we have some more parking, and parking spiritual, because it provides an opportunity for people to be able to receive from Christ. And uh, if you ever get a chance to park in one of those, um, you may not know this, but it's, uh, it's really expensive to build parking. It's about a half a million dollars, and I don't know, you can do the math, 114 divided by a half a million. When you pull in there, you just think, man, this is valet. You know, and it is valet because we'll pick you up in a cart and all of that. But I mean, you're parking a little further away, but you're in a expensive piece of concrete. Okay, so thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity that makes it possible for us as a family just to keep moving toward what God has for all of us together. We like to say we're in every one church, so we're doing it all together, and, and every person's role is significant and important, which leads me to our word for this year. If you've been around Milestone a little while, I always get kind of a theme, a word for us that, that we're going to use to bring us into the new year. And we've had things like multiply. And last year we really had two words 
and it was look up to the harvest. And God spoke that to us and we saw more people come to know Jesus Christ than ever before in 2017. And this year's word I'm very excited about. I mean, it's one of the themes of my life and it's something I'm passionate about and I believe it is for every single one of us. It's even for those who may not make Milestone Church their home, but definitely for those of us that are journeying together, this word for 2018, I believe, is equipped. Equipped. Now, now before you start tuning that out and think, man, that's like equipped, what are you talking about, pastor? Is this like becoming a Sunday school teacher? Is this all spiritual? Is this, you're trying to get more volunteers? No, no, I'm gonna show you in this message that this is on the heart of God, and this is something that can intersect your everyday. Being equipped. Let's just think about it practically for a second. The fact is, everything in life goes better with a little equipping. Everything in life works better with a little instruction, with a little bit of training. And anything that you value, and anything you prioritize, and anything that you are driven toward usually you're gonna find yourself motivated for and desiring and in need of some equipping. How many of you have put into full use some of your Christmas gifts yet? Some of you still got them boxed up, but some of you are using them. You know, our kids, they got the gifts, and of course now we've gotta figure out how to get them all out of the package and put enough batteries in them and help them use them. One of my friends got an Apple Watch. I asked him the other day, I said, how you doing with that? He said, well, I'm, I'm kind of working through it. I said, did you, did you search anything? you get any instructions? No, I'm just figuring it out as I go. I said, okay. And another friend of mine said, I said, well, how'd Christmas go? He said, man, we had this crazy event happen. I was over with the family and my nephew got the gift. You know, there's always the gift for your kids, right? It's kind of like, yeah, gift card, yeah, underwear, yeah, clothes, okay. The gift. And the gift for this nephew was a drone. You see some you know, you're out in your front yard and there's this thing buzzing over your head. And so this kid wanted a drone. And my friend said when he got it, he opened it up. He was like, oh, yes, I got the drone. He was so pumped. His dad took the drone out of the box. He powered it up. And like all men do, we never ask for directions and we never read the instructions. And so they just took it outside and he just gave the kid the controller. Kid got a hold of it, powered it up. And my drone, I lost my drone. He went from crying out of excitement to crying because that thing was They put flyers around the community. Have you seen our drone? People started bringing drones to the, is this yours? No, that's not ours. There are drones laying in suburban neighborhoods across the Dallas-Fort Worth area because of dads who didn't read the instructions. They didn't get any equipping. They don't know what they're doing. We didn't get a drone and I didn't get an Apple Watch, but a few years ago for Christmas, we got a dog. We got a schnauzer. He was not equipped. He was not trained. And we learned we are not dog equippers. This dog was demon possessed. He bit stuff, he broke stuff, he peed on stuff. He ran from me. My dog hated me. And there's so much rejection in pastoral ministry. You want man's best friend to love you. 
And so we realized we're not good at equipping dogs. So we ended up getting a golden retriever that was already equipped by somebody else, trained. That's our flow. That's what we need, which I have to interject because there's a lot of you that are new. Every time I mention my dog, his name is Kingston. He's phenomenal. He's equipped. He's trained. He's behaved. You always send me an email and say, Pastor, do dogs go to heaven? I get two or three every time I mention dogs. We think so. We don't know. We think so but cats are going to the pit of hell, okay? <laughs> we know that. We know that. So that's just for free, okay? That's for free, all right? But what about this year? What about all your goals and you've been watching all the infomercials on exercise machines and Maybe some of you have gotten an elliptical and that thing's gonna become a clothes hanger in your bedroom by March. What about all your desires and your passions and the things you have for the new year? Do you feel like you have the spiritual equipping to do what God's called you to do? Are you spiritually equipped for the things that God has prepared for you in 2018? A lot of times we miss that piece. And so many times when we think about equipping, we miss the idea and understanding that God fashioned us and God created us. Now I need to tell you up front, this message is more than just teaching, it's a passion for my life. I learned as a young pastor at 20, 21 years old as I was beginning to pray about ministry and what would it look like and yes, I do some preaching and I have some things, but, but, but I began to read the Bible and I began to read some material and I began to look at the Great Commission and and I, I gotta tell you, I can remember on a couple of occasions driving down the road and literally, like Jeremiah said, I, I felt my bones on fire for this concept of equipping people, equipping people for life. Everything in life goes better if you have somebody that will give you a little equipping and give you a little instruction and give you a little training. And so I set on a course in my early 20s to say, you know what, at the end of the day, it's teams that win, it's not individuals, it's teams that win, and the church is a team, and teams that win, and churches that win, they need equipped people, so I know a lot of people get into all kinds of things and marginal ideas, and, and as I've gone through ministry for 20 plus years, this passion stayed true, it's been like a true north. Jesus, and equip people. Equip people, train people, develop people. I stood on the front row this weekend, I watched Pastor Blake, Campbell, who led us in worship and led us into the presence of God. And I think that's, that's my passion. That, I, I know when he came here as a young guy, thank God for the moment of worship, and I was led into the presence of God as he led us so beautifully into praying for our request. But I gotta tell you what I was thinking. I was thinking, he was equipped here. He, he's making a difference with his gift because he's been equipped. And now he's leading us. And I'm gonna tell you, that's what moves the ball down the field for the kingdom of God. That's where the game is really played. And so I wanna talk to you a little bit about it. You're like, is that biblical, Jeff? I know you're passionate, you're emotional, and, and I get emotional. I'm gonna tell you beforehand, I'm emotional about it. I'm passionate about it. But it's not just because of my wiring and my gifting and my passions. It's for all of us. It's for all of you, and it's on the heart of God. It's in the Word of God, Hebrews 13, 20. You may not know much about the context. I always love to give you the context and backdrop. 
But the book of Hebrews, the author is writing to a group of people who have been trapped in Hebraic tradition. They've been trapped in a system of things that now they've come to Christ, and as is present in the New Testament in many places, there were these people who had this tradition from which Jesus came from, and not discounting the tradition or the customs, but there were people trying to continually put the customs on other people, and so they're coming out of this paradigm shift, and the writer keeps saying, look, you've been brought into a new covenant a better covenant based on better promises. And so he goes through this process with them and it's quite a fascinating book as he continues to bring these people into everything that God has planned for them. In the latter part of the chapter, he goes into talking about what is the biblical principle and the historic tradition of Christian leaders. And Christian leaders are marked by and known by those who are equipping others and helping others take steps. And then the benediction is the final part of this book. And so to to tie a bow on it, I love what it says here. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, Because Jesus not only died, but he rose from the dead. We now have hope and we have a future and we have a different agreement with our God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I love this little phrase here, that great shepherd of the sheep. Sheep wander off. Sheep get, they get lost. But the great shepherd of the sheep is continuing to direct those sheep back to what he has for them. And here's our theme verse and little phrase here in the book. And look what it says, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will. Do you know if you're gonna follow Jesus, it's a great covenant, it's a great agreement, but it's gonna be marked by times where you don't always understand exactly what he's up to because you've been brought into a kingdom and he's the king, and so he's giving the steps and sometimes they don't always make sense. You don't always understand it. You've been brought into a family and now he's your father and you're his son or daughter and so you don't always understand but here's what the walk with Jesus is marked by. An interesting motivation and willingness to do what he's asking you to do. A weird sense, it's okay, okay. And it's marked by that and it's marked by sacrifice and service and giving and there's a lot of things there that, that it's just in a weird sense, it's like I, I get to. But here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus goes first. Jesus was, he gave his life, he was raised from the dead, and look what it says here, he's going to equip you with everything good so you can do the will that he has for you. So in other words, he's gonna put in you every good thing that you need to do what he's called you to do in 2018 and beyond. He's gonna give you everything that you need. And look what it says, and may be, and may be work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. So whom be glory forever and ever, amen. So he wants to equip you with everything that you need. You say, well that's a great verse, is this a theme of the Bible? It actually is. It is, I was even reading as the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the Bible actually says that they were equipped for battle. But God took them through the wilderness 
so that they could become aware of what they were actually equipped with. So many times you don't even understand all the good things he's put in you and you're equipped with, but you gotta go the way of the Lord and his direction so he can surface out of you what he's actually put in you. The Bible tells us that the word of God will equip us for every good work. We, we read the story of Jesus. You say, Jeff, why are you so passionate about equipping? Why are you so passionate about it? Most people, when they hear the name Jesus, they think teacher. He taught. Thank God for his teachings, and he still teaches us today through the person of the Holy Spirit who guides us into truth. But he was more than a teacher. He was more than a healer. In fact, if you really study his life, 70 to 80% of his time was not spent in just marginal activities, it was spent equipping 12 disciples. And we're here today worshiping him because of him pouring his life out to equip those disciples. Another reason I get excited about it is, it's my job description. Ephesians 4.12 says he gave some as apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, to go and put on cool meetings, to inspire people alone, or to just create some kind of spiritual experience, or to build your brand. No, no, he says, I gave some a few to equip the many to do what I've called them to do. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So when I stand before Jesus, his whole job description for my life is, did you equip them? Did you equip them for what I've called them to do? You're like, okay, Jeff, God wants to equip me. Equipping's a big part of the Bible. We see that, it's on the heart of God, and it's modeled in the life of Jesus. If it's so clear, why do so many of us feel like we're on the outside of it? Why are we so on the outside of the equipping process, especially spiritually? Oh, we're going to life coaches and training for work and we're going to get equipped in this and we're getting equipped in our hobbies and we're Googling everything under the sun to figure out how to do the things we're interested in. But when it comes to this Jesus thing, when it comes to this calling thing, it's like I don't even know how to engage with that. And you say, why is that? I don't know that I have an exhaustive list or answers, but I think there's a couple. Number one, common barrier is I think a lot of people, when they hear someone like me with a Bible in my hand talk about equipping, they think automatically, it's like, this, this doesn't really pertain to my real life. So we don't, we don't realize that this applies to our whole lives, because we're created and fashioned in the image of God. He has things beforehand that he's prepared for us, and so when we tie into our creator, we tie into our designer, then it begins to surface the areas of our life that actually do really matter to us. And that's what's so important to understand, and that's why we do what we do the way we do here at Milestone is to help you discover some of those things so that you get motivated to get spiritually equipped because when you draw the connection between your everyday and the spiritual equipping God has for you, fireworks go off. It's not just for me. It's not about my bones burning for what I'm called to do, it's about your burns boning, burning for what God's called you to do. And so you begin to draw that connection. It's like when I went to college, you know, you take all of these core subjects. By the way, there's core subjects in getting equipped by Jesus too. You gotta learn some of the basics. You gotta give your life to Christ. You have to get saved. You have to then get water, you get water baptized. That's a step. All of you that have been saved, you're like, Pastor, what's my next step? You need to get water baptized. You're like, why? Jesus said to. 
drop the mic. <laughs> just, just start off your, your journey with him, just, just doing whatever he says. Like, it doesn't make sense. We go under a, you know, a donkey, you know. Don't start off in your walk with him doing only the things that make sense to you. Start off saying, whatever you say, wherever you lead, I'll go. So there's core things. But one of the things I loved in college is where I didn't have to take some stuff that the teacher was excited about, but where I could begin to choose some of my courses so that I could take stuff that I was excited about. I took geology at Baylor University. I took geology. Let me tell you what I'm not excited about. Rocks, volcanoes. Some of you are like geologists and you're like, oh, I get pumped about it, I got a rock collection. Good for you, God bless your ministry. I took geology because I heard through the grapevine that the real name for the class was Rocks for Jocks. So I took the class to get an A, and I don't know anything about rock formations, but I got an A, praise God. Okay, yes, that happened. What was really awesome is when I did my master's degree, I pastored for 10 years before I went to study my master's degree, and so a lot of times, even the things that were being said I had already experienced things in my calling, and I, can't, I, 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 just, I couldn't wait when I finally got to not just do the core stuff, but when I got to take some of the stuff that I was actually doing. By the way, young people, you go to college, I know this today is not a popular thing, you go to college to get a, I need a little help, y'all are not convincing me, get a J-O-B. That's why you go. So I loved it when I could take classes that related to what I'm passionate about. I have a master's degree in missiology. Some of you think that's as boring as rocks, but it's the study of people. It's the study of how to equip people and reach people. I'm not trying to put my passion and my calling totally on you. I'm trying to show you the principle that when you connect your real everyday life and your wiring to the equipping process, you begin to see an unusual level of motivation. The second thing that's very powerful and I think though that holds a lot of people back is so many people say, okay, you've made a case, you, you've given me the why behind the what, you got, okay, I understand what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to get equipped, we're supposed to engage with the equipping process, but so many people say, I don't know how to start. That's why here at Milestone, we're not into peripheral things. If you're looking for the greatest program church, we don't have a lot of programs. We reach the lost, we put people in the growth track, we do small groups. We equip people to make disciples like Jesus said. That's what we do, we try to keep it simple, we try to keep the process simple. And I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about how that fashions into your everyday because I find so many people are going, how? How do I do it? Well let's talk about how the process works. How does the equipping process of Jesus work? Number one, it starts with a real experience with Jesus. And that may seem basic, but I'm gonna tell you, you can sit and listen to messages, you can sit and listen to content, you can hang around Jesus, but never experience the power of Jesus. Not just the teachings of Jesus, the person of Jesus. When you study the New Testament stories of Jesus, some of the people that were the most on the outside of his power were those that could not get past the familiarity of his personhood. They couldn't get past the fact that he was the carpenter's son. They couldn't get past the fact that he had all of this history. And he went into certain areas where it says he could do no miracles there, 
because they saw him as carpenter's son Jesus. So what Jesus do you know? The resurrected Jesus that has come back from the dead who wants to fill you with everything good so you can accomplish what he's called you? Do you know that Jesus? I love this little passage in Acts 4.13. talks about Jesus' disciples post-resurrection, post the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it says about them that when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. You know what that tells me? Thank God for classes. As I shared with you, I have classes and teaching. I'm not against any of that, but it's incomplete. You can sit in church classes for the rest of your life and never truly be equipped because it's not just about the equipping information. Equipping is more than informational, it's relational. It's relational. So these guys were unschooled, ordinary men, but people were astonished at their courage. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. They had been with him. They had received from his life. So that's why we do what we do the next few days. At both campuses, I want you right now just to hold up that little prayer guide and that prepare and fasting guide that we've given you. Hold it up, everybody. Got them in the balcony, okay? So we got that available for you. In the next few days, I've had guys text me and say, looks like you guys are gonna have a good conference. Some of you think this is a conference the next few days. I have people say, well, is this a revival? You know, I grew up in church where we'd have these special meetings, and man, it was really God was there, and I was always the young guy going, why can't we do this all the time? So, so I've had, it's not a conference. Thank God for the speakers we have. John Maxwell, when we talk about equipping, he has an organization called Equip. I mean, he's Mr. Equip. Chris Hodge is one of the best equipping pastors in America today, second largest church in America. He's a great equipper of people, and it's not about his services, it's about his ability to equip people. Tom Mullins, they call him Coach Tom, not just Pastor Tom, and he is, he's like a mentor to me, and he's a great coach and a leader equipper, so equip being our word, God sent us some people that are, that are passionate about equipping, and they're gonna impart to us, and thank God for what they're gonna share, and you need to take notes, and you need to celebrate them and receive from them, but I want you to understand something. We're not primarily gathering to listen to a group of speakers. The whole environment is about equipping you to hear from and be with Jesus. Quite honestly, the only reason I started having meetings, because we used to do this as a church before anybody would come speak at our church, and the real reason I have meetings is we're fasting. I'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the message. Abstaining from food, not easy. I really like it myself. And the only reason I have meetings is if I'm sitting at the house in front of the TV, I'm gonna make my way to the refrigerator. So I'm like, let's just go to the church. In all seriousness, it kind of gives us something to do, but it's more than just, it's not a conference. It's not a set of meetings. It's you engaging with Jesus. It's you having a prayer card. It's you praying. It's you letting God speak to you during worship or maybe through one of the messages. It's an equipping. It's a little training moment to equip you to personally in 2018 be with Jesus. I don't, tell you, I don't know how many small groups I've led. I don't know how many businessmen's mentor groups I've led. I don't know how many phone calls I've done. I don't know how many pastors coaching sessions. Tuesday we have 30 pastors and their staffs coming here to Milestone and we're equipping them because we don't just love Milestone, we love the church. And so I love pastors and I don't know how many, but I'm gonna tell you, you say, Pastor, okay, you've done that. I'm not the expert, I'm just in my journey. What's the number one thing you've learned? If you 
Don't learn how to have a real experience with Jesus and go to your own Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Your equipping process is stunted. It's stunted. That's the foundation. That's the basics. And that's what we do the next few days is help simulate an environment of prayer and relationship with Jesus that can carry on into your every day. Here's number two. We take steps together. Say, Pastor, you're talking about taking steps all the time because that's how you get equipped. You take a step. You never graduate from taking steps. Everybody keeps taking the steps that God has for them and as you take the steps, God equips you on the steps. And I promise you, if you'll just start taking steps, then you're gonna find God's gonna answer some of the questions. So it is with God. As you take steps, God answers some of the fears. God answers some of the questions along the way. I, I'm gonna tell you, in 2018, if you're gonna have a great year, it'll be because you have a great year with Jesus and you take steps that he asks you to take. I can't promise you you're not gonna have any problems, but if you'll just say, I'm gonna have a great year with Jesus and I'm gonna take the steps he has for me, it's in the steps with Jesus that he deals with some of the fears and even the things you don't really even know. The Bible gives a metaphor to what we're trying to do here. He says, and the Bible tells us through the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, we're a body. He uses the symbolism of the body. And if you study it, it shows that, that again, we're not all the same part of the body, but we're all part of the body. So when you give your life to Christ, you're, you're, you're put into a kingdom, you're put into a family, you're put into a body, you're not put into a mob. You're put into a family, and it says in there, look, we don't need to discount different gifts that we think are not important. It starts talking about the ears, not the hand, the eye, and all these different pieces, and the pieces come together. And, and so the Bible gives that metaphor because in the taking of steps, it answers some of the questions that you have. What happens is when you see your place in the body and you begin taking steps, you discover your gifts. You discover whether you're a hand or an eye or an ear. You, you begin to, that's why in our growth track, a couple of things, the second step is you finding out about who God's called you to be. Not about who I'm called to be, who God's called you to be. What's the vision he has for your life? What's the plan he has for your life? And so then you kind of go, and then when you discover your gift, this is this great thing about Jesus. It's not just I want something from you, I have something for you. This is what you're called to. Then you start finding motivation and energy to grow and get equipped because now you know who you're called to be. Another part of our growth track is that because we believe it's relational, not just informational, when you come to 301, and I'm gonna encourage you if you haven't been through it this year, you need to go through it because in 301, we don't just do just teaching. There's a little bit of teaching, but we tell our pastors we want a little less of you and a little more of equipping the saints. So there's like 30 minutes of teaching, but then you get a microcosm of a small group and you begin to live the small group life and you do it together. You talk about equipping, you always quit alone. You always go further together, always. You got some exercise plans for this year? Some of you are like bionic, robotic people. I will exercise. <laughs> Most of you, if you don't get a partner and you don't get a team, you're probably gonna quit. It's just the way life works. We just, we, we quit alone and we do better together because why? That's the way God's made us as relational beings. We come together and we have more synergy and we have more power and we excitement. 
The book Grit, I don't know if you've read it, but it's a great book that's kind of taking our world by storm today with a lot of the challenges of today's entitled world, but about what our culture needs more of is the grit to move forward and take steps and keep going, studied Olympic swimmers that were successful over a 10-year period. And one of the astounding findings was that the most successful Olympic swimmers were not necessarily those who were the most talented. They were those who understood what they were supposed to do, the steps they were supposed to take, like get up at 4 a.m. and go practice, but the ones who had the sustainability to carry on the rigor of the training were those who had the greatest value for the team, who had the greatest value for the team. So it is that God understands that about us, and that's why he puts us in the body. We take steps together. And some of you are like, okay, what about this real life stuff? I want you to understand, spiritual equipping is not just becoming more religious. Spiritual equipping and the principles of this word and the nature and character of God will affect your whole life. The reason you need to learn how to be equipped is because I know one of the things you care about the most if you're a parent is your kids. Guess what parenting is? Equipping. Train them up in the way they should go. You're like, I'm trying to train them. I don't know how. Well, have you been equipped? When you begin to be equipped, you then transfer, and there's an impartation of that that you begin to transfer to them. It's in marriage. It equips you in your marriage. Something that, it's, it, the spiritual equipping is holistic. I could give you story after story after story of people in our context over the last 15 years who said, I'm not just gonna sit in the shadows, I'm going to engage, and I can tell you story after story of those who have been promoted, businesses that have been started, people that are better managers. Look, the equipping process will affect you in your business life. We're not asking for a bunch of you just to become holy and live at the church. You have to live in the real world. But I'm gonna tell you, the largest misperception is that the church is some microcosm that lives compartmentalized away from everyday life. I'm here to tell you, if you get equipped in the principles of God, you'll see promotion in 2018 in your life. Because we need some better leaders in the marketplace. We need some better equippers in the marketplace. So it's holistic to your whole life. Here's number three. You have to start equipping others. It's just the way it works. You have to start giving your life away to other people. You're like, Jeff, I don't feel qualified. Pastor Steve is, Chestnut is asking us, you know, I lead the group and you host it. You're like, I don't even know if I can host it. We're gonna be talking about these Who Am I small groups. Why are we wanting to do Who Am I? Why are we wanting to do small groups? Why do we have this content? What's the goal? It's not about the book, it's not about me, it's not about the content. It's about the journey together. We're gonna be equipped in this process in our identities. One of the number one areas in the discipleship process that people need to be equipped in is in their identity in Christ. But for some of you say, I have an experience with Jesus. I have prayed, I just, well if you're, if you're gonna stay on track to be into what Jesus is into and not get distracted into marginal things that do not advance the kingdom of God, you know what your next step is? Equip others. Equip others. It's just the way it works. I was sitting around with my kids over the break. We went skiing together. We're sitting in the ski house together. My kids and my friend's kids, and there they all are together. I looked at my friend's fifth grade daughter, looked at his seventh grade daughter. I said, who are you equipping? 
Pastor Jeff, we're just kids. You better start equipping others because when you start equipping others, then guess what? You have questions about things that God wants to give you. You start growing in it. I had a little leadership book that I was reading. I'd outlined some things. My son was there. I'd been sharing with him one of the phrases from John Maxwell, who's coming, that I read when I was 21. He's gonna come, he's gonna say, hello, Jeff, you are my friend. <laughs> leaders are readers. I tell my son, leaders are readers. All kids, I don't know if I wanna read. My son's been helping in 56. These kids are talking about 56. You know, if you're gonna lead in our fifth and sixth grade environment, all those kids are looking at you like, what you got? This is dumb. You know, that's, if you wanna become a leader, lead young people. They don't fake it like y'all. You're not listening to me, but you're like, oh, it's good, praise God. Powerful. Kids go, this is terrible. He's like, Dad, I gotta help with 50. He looked over, he looked at that book. He said, hey, what's, what's in that book? Oh, that's leadership answers. I'd I like to read it. That leaders are readers. <laughs> you know, the reason, you say, I wanna learn my Bible in 2018. Start giving your Bible away to people and you'll start learning your Bible. It's just the way it works. I used to use this analogy where I would say, if I told you you were preaching next weekend, I'm talking about a different kind and version of Christianity. Not just to go watch the celebrity superstar share his pontifications. I'm talking about if you were preaching next weekend and you really did it, you go, okay, Pastor Jeff, I'll preach. This week, you'd read your Bible. <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth, you don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. Would you fall? Because <laughs> you're in the game. You're in the game. The Bible says, take these things that have come from me. A little note to a pastor in Ephesus with a large church from Paul. Here's what you need to do, Timothy. Take what I've been given you, entrust it to others so they can give it to others. That's the game plan. That's the game plan. Do that, Timothy. Do that. And it will advance the kingdom of God. I was thinking about it this way. I want you to learn how to do it, but I know you have fears. I started coaching sports and football when I moved here before I even had kids in football, but I coached a little peewee team when my son got at that phase, and I was just thinking about this. I was thinking, God, I wanna make it real what I'm really saying, and I know all of you are at different places in your journey, and I just, I thought about a young boy named Nathan who came to be a part of our football team and single mom and his mom brought him to practice and he didn't have a man around, he didn't even know how to put his equipment on and he showed up and I'll never forget when he came, he was a little afraid, he didn't really know what to do. In the first couple of practices, he was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, I don't think I can make it and he came to me and said, I wanna quit and his mom wanted to let him quit and I looked at his mom and I said, if you'll just let me work with him, just keep bringing him. Just let me work with them. Because I said to her, this is not about football. This is about life. It's the cool thing about sports or being in the band or music teams or some kind of team. It kind of shows you a little bit of a principle of life. And you can see some progression. I took Nathan to the side. I kept encouraging him, kept helping him. And by the end of that year, we, we won the Super Bowl in Keller. That's a different message. But yeah, we dominated. But that's a, that's a whole nother thing. But... 
He was the star nose guard. And at the end of that season, I pulled him aside and said, you may not play football professionally, but you learn something about life. If you'll just not quit and you'll take steps and you'll be open to some coaching and some mentorship, you'll go further than you think you possibly can. And I'm gonna tell you, God has some great things for you in 2018. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. And I'm gonna pray over the next few days, God's gonna show you some of the places he's wired you, he's gifted you, and he's gonna give you the courage and the strength to take the steps that he has planned for you. Father, I thank you that over the next few days, I know this is going to happen. You're gonna show up in the lives of your people. You're gonna, you're gonna speak to every individual. And I, I thank you, Lord, right now that every person, whether online or in McKinney, within the sound of my voice, or maybe in our 1230 service, Lord, you see them and you see their needs and you want to show up and speak to them about next steps. And, and you're gonna meet them over the next few days. I know this, you're gonna provide direction, encouragement. And they're gonna have an experience with you and one experience with you can change their lives forever. So Lord, I'm confident of that. And I pray you would grant them the desire that comes not from condemnation or willpower or their own strength, but out of just a willing heart to say, here I am, God, whatever you wanna do with me over the next few days, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask our ushers to come forward. I'm gonna ask you to take that little prayer guide out again, and I wanna just walk you through for a second. If you guys would wait for just a second, we'll receive the offering, and then we're gonna dismiss our service. But it's so important to me to help some of you that's never participated in this to know what to do. So let's take that God out again. Wave it at me again. Y'all waved it before you got it, all right? So you're saying, Pastor, what are you asking me to do? Well, first of all, I'm asking you to use the prayer guide that we've given you in here, the prayer card. And I'm gonna ask you if you put prayer requests on the prayer walls that we have in the back of both campuses, you can put a prayer request there. But I'm gonna ask you to use the prayer guide. See, see I, I know this. God is going to perform miracles. God is gonna provide direction. My question is, is he gonna do it in your life? Because I'm gonna do a prayer card. I have, this is my prayer card from the first, when we first started the church. This is the very beginning of Milestone Church. When we were just in a, a small church and trophy club that was abandoned that we used to meet in and pray in for, for we'd pray from 10 o'clock on Friday night to sometimes two in the morning. And, and I just started listing things on this prayer card. If you look down the prayer card, I can't show it to you because it's probably too hard, but there's all the, the first staff members we needed and the, the first things that we desired. And I have was one of, the, one of the prayer requests I had is that we would be an equipping, con this is when nobody was coming to Milestone. May we be a disciple-making, equipping church. I have it right there on my prayer card. When we started this project, you may not ever build a big building or be responsible for that. I'm not trying to put that on you. I'm just trying to be transparent with you. We all need God. I remember we started this. I wrote down on this prayer card, $10 million. At the end of this last year, we took in for reach for this building, $10.337 million. You know why? Because my God is able to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So my, my deal is, and God did it through you, but I'm asking you this question. You got all your plans and goals and exercise deals and all your stuff for 2018, do you have God in on what you're doing this year? That's why you put it on this card. We have not because we ask not. And I pray according to God's will and I know God's in charge and he's sovereign, but I'm gonna tell you, 
I've got a history with God over 15 years. Put it on this card, something happens. I was saying that in one of our meetings and one of our young leaders, she looked at me and said, Pastor, will you put my husband on that prayer card? I don't have a husband, she's single. I said, well, you better buy a wedding dress. We'll fill up prepare if we say every single person will find them. What's gonna be on your prayer card? Because God's gonna show up and you're gonna build a track record with walking with him over the next few days. I'm gonna ask you to use that prayer God. Second of all, I'm gonna ask you to fast. Fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time in order to seek God. Over on page 17 in the fasting God and online, because I know a lot of you have never done this, we tell you how, okay? We give you some options and talk to you about how to do it. And I understand there's medical things in different situations, but you say, what are, what are we doing as a family? You gotta make preparation. So as a family, my wife this afternoon is going to the grocery store and we're gonna, we're gonna have juices and different things available and we're gonna, we're gonna fast liquids for the next few days and God's gonna show up and every time you feel hungry, you reach out to God. Some of you are like, is this in the Bible? Jesus didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast, here's how I want you to do it. It's part of the Christian life. Met several people this weekend, pastor, it's my first time. One guy, big old guy said, just pray for this 300 pound man while I do without food. I said, brother, I feel your pain. You know what, God's gonna show up. That's my favorite thing when we gather for these meetings. How many of you fasting for the first time? God's gonna show up and meet us there, okay? We're not on a hunger strike. We're doing it out of our desire to connect with him. And here's the final thing. I'm gonna ask you to show up for the pre-service prayer, okay? The services are at seven, but the pre-service prayer is at six o'clock. Can I tell you one more thing as your pastor? Every demon in hell is gonna try to stop you this week. Every problem at work, every circumstance. I meet people, well, we got basketball practice and this and that. I may make coaches mad all over Keller. But look, make it work. One practice is not as important as your kid's future, as far as your destiny is. It's not, it's not as important. If you can get a way to move things around, look, we juggle stuff all the time for that which is important. You're gonna have work conflicts. Traffic's gonna be horrendous in DFW. But just press through. Press through. God, we're not doing it out of condemnation. We wanna be with you. We need you. Come to pre-service prayer. I'd love for us to fill this auditorium. It's equipping. Some of you say, I don't know how to pray. We're gonna equip you in those meetings. We're gonna show you how to use the screens. We're gonna give you the thing. Corporate prayer is a moment where you can get equipped in learning how to pray by being around people. You can study prayer all day long, but go to a corporate prayer meeting and you will learn how to pray. So that's why we're doing pre-service prayer. Father, we thank you for this week. We dedicate this fast. We dedicate this time to you. We dedicate every person right now within the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you. You're gonna show up and meet them there in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 